Zoe Braderman is an innovation intelligence strategist focused on both the machine and human, and also the OWASP Women in AppSec Chair. We explore the intersection of application security with artificial intelligence and machine learning, and we end up discussing data protection along the way. Zoe approaches AppSec from a different angle, and her perspective gets us thinking about the importance of AppSec in the future of autonomous everything. I want to take a moment to introduce you to Security Journey. At Security Journey, we believe security is every developer's job. We work with our customers to help them build long-term, sustainable security culture amongst all their developers. Our approach is to provide security education that is conversational, quick, hands-on, and fun. We don't do lectures. Instead, we let the experts talk about what's important. The modules are quick, 10 to 20 minutes in length. We believe in hands-on experiments, builder and breaker style, that allow developers to put what they learned into action. And lastly, fun. Training doesn't have to be boring. We make it engaging and fun for the developers. Visit www.securityjourney.com to sign up for a free trial of the Security Dojo. The Application Security Podcast. Here we go. Hey folks, welcome back to the Application Security Podcast. This is Chris Romeo, one of the co-hosts here of the podcast, and I'm also the CEO of Security Journey, and another co-host is right here with me. Hey, Robert, what's up? Hey, Chris. Yeah, this is Robert Hurlbut, Threat Modeling Architect. Glad to be here today. Awesome. Well, we are joined today by Zoe Braderman. And Zoe is here to talk with us specifically about artificial intelligence and machine learning, but I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of different things in the world of AppSec. So, Zoe, with everybody who comes on the AppSec podcast here, we always ask, what is your security origin story? If there was a comic book about Zoe and her career into security, what is that episode number one of that comic book look like? Um, well, so I tried to enter the field of data science uh, through New York City meetup scenes and you know projects and teams, et cetera. But I realized that every project I tried to start working on, I would be asking way too many questions beforehand. And I learned that that's a big, important part of AppSec. So that's where I decided to then get into AppSec. So where'd you go? So you didn't study computer science or did you study, you didn't study security or anything in in university then? No, I studied business, but I actually saw a lot of um, very nice relevance, you know, from managerial economics to AppSec in terms of studying the structures of communication and the different contexts and organizational processes. And you're you're involved with something that uh, all it's it's hard not to love in the world of AppSec, and that is OWASP. What's your involvement in the world of OWASP? Oh, um, 
So I'm a member of the Brooklyn chapter, and I also chair the Women in AppSec Committee, building in diversity into the wonderful community that we have globally. We've talked to some of the other folks we've had. Um, Vendana's been on the show before, and Jesse. And so you work with, all three of you work together to promote the Women in AppSec for OWASP? Yes, along with uh, Catherine and Gita and Laura Donna on on the officer's side and a bunch of other um, committee members and participants who contribute regularly. And we actually have two, two women starting a London chapter next week, which is wonderful. Very cool. So I guess the, the topic that we wanted to discuss today was artificial intelligence and machine learning and what is the application to application security for these two very transformative types of, of things that are happening in the industry right now. And so, as I was telling you before we started here, I, I don't know a whole lot about artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, I probably know enough to be dangerous, which is true about a lot of different topics. I think Robert knows a, quite a bit more about this than I do. So, um, maybe before we start, let's let's get a definition. When we say artificial intelligence, and then we say machine learning. Give us some the definitions of those things kind of from your perspective. and Because I feel like a lot of people get these two things confused. They think they're, it's like threat and risk. They think it's the same thing. So what is artificial intelligence and what's machine learning? Uh, so artificial in- intelligence um, you know, implies autonomy and um, yeah, just a- a- autonomous processes. And machine learning is... Uh, you know, training a specific model to continue to, you know, recognize, classify, et cetera, some, you know, some type of data and be able to act accordingly. So where does the Terminator fit in? The Terminator fits into which category here? From that classic. I actually haven't seen that film. <laughs> you haven't seen it, okay. I guess that's on my to-do list now. Yeah, it's like the first, I don't know, Robert, <laughs> was that the first time artificial intelligence ever made its way into the, the big screen in Hollywood? Uh, maybe Hal, actually, way back oh, when. Oh, see, now you're, yeah, you're going way back. But, I'm, I, but I'm, I didn't actually see it when it first came out. It was probably I was alive, but because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were far, you were far too young, is what you're saying there. Yes, so yes, were, but uh, but that's one example of that. Yeah, Hal and Hal from 2001, and then right. the Terminator from the artificial intelligence side. So right. okay, so so Zoe, you, you said so autonomous process from artificial intelligence is, is kind of what we need to think about. So when we say autonomous process, that truly means it can operate on its own. I guess at least. For a specific application or for a specific type of process, you know, it initiated with, you know, the input-output units and depending on the model of the the neural net, et cetera, um, some of them have, you know, input-output and forget gates, for example. Um, and, you know, it's, of course, a mysticized a bunch when you see the robots on... I guess one of those likely Terminator, as you mentioned, although, as I mentioned, I haven't seen it. So what are some examples then of how AI is being applied today, just in general, maybe not even in the world of security, but just in general, where are people trying to to use AI today? Computer vision, um, various models, whether it be recognition of certain features or also feature learning uh, generatively to generate new 
uh, you know, data types or data structures, whether it be an image or, um, or, or some sort of sequential data for predictive analytics, um, stock prices, market trends, et cetera. Uh, natural language processing, NLP is big, um, you know, including sentiment analysis. So it's not specifically natural language syntax. Yeah, and so I think one of the one of the big examples that I always see thrown out when we talk about artificial intelligence is this idea of the self-driving car. And even the self-driving truck that's pulling the heavy load filled with stuff that's being shipped from the West Coast to the East Coast or whatever. And so when I think about the threat model that goes into the whole, this whole idea of self-driving cars, I mean, it makes me not want to leave my house, but at least, you know, they're not a... They're not as they're not as much of a kind of reality at this point, but it seems like that's where we're going. And it seems like there's just when we talk about the threat landscape that's brought about about by artificial intelligence, it seems like we're we're opening ourselves up to a whole lot of new risk in the future. Zoe, what do you think about that? Oh, definitely, because you know it it keeps training um, one input output or you know one one step at a time and. I'll give a concrete example. One inaccurate label, and you know that can be influenced by adversaries. For example, then goes on to the next input and output layer, and so from there they have a bunch of different controls moving forward. And you know it's similar to um, threat modeling and you know risk trees, but also every step that's kind of scary and mystical in the news, take that, you know, apply every AppSec um, concept and then, you know, keep it continuously and connected. And, you know, with all the IoT devices and industrial IoT, IIoT, um, and smart cities and, you know, everything in, in an increasingly connected and complex world. Uh, what else can go wrong, I guess? Yeah. Seems like the sky's the limit for what can actually go wrong here when we're talking about these new tech, this new tech. Yes. <laughs> so what about machine learning then? Tell me this is actually a real thing. That This is what I think of machine learning. This is what I think of. So when I travel the world or the greater, I don't know, east coast of the United States, and I get to a hotel and I give them my card and they swipe my card and they say, I'm sorry, your card's been denied. And all of a sudden I get a text message from my bank that says, Hey, are you really in such and such a location? Um, because you didn't tell us if you, if you were, is that an example of machine learning? Well, um, it, it could be, you know, definitely some involved. Like for example, assuming it actually was your bank, um, then they probably could have had, ways of implying such data that's not always accurate accurate but um you know based on you know, statistical models but then also you know predictively and you know inference toward the next input so that's one of the differences of the i guess you know typical statistical modeling to machine learn learning modeling which can be again applied to unseen not yet seen inputs to generate such assumptions and because you know it's based on a lot of complex big data to keep up with you know competitors etc in this world so then 
but you know something can go wrong as with any kind of you know statistical model um which is you know far beyond uh you know the, you know like a computer architecture or computer science that it at the end of the day it is a projection that's on the machine learning side right so again even assuming that it was your bank because there's there's always the possibility, you know, phishing, et cetera, or you know, any sort of social engineering. I'm just taking out that as a uh, – certainly I recognize that as a risk, but I'm, I'm taking that out of, out of play and saying, hey, you know, if, I, if, if we can say for sure it is actually the bank, then, yeah, I mean, is that, is that an example? Is, is the, the bank systems actually kind of applying this idea of machine learning? Like, are they going to remember in the future when I go to that same location? Because the data get the data set got smarter, I don't know if smarter is the right word, but got better as a result of them tracking my existing visit there. And is that is that machine learning if it does if, if the system does get makes a better decision about whether I'm actually there based on past data? Oh, um past data um as well as you know inferences from for example combined preferences for consumers so really you know getting those behavioral economics models for example and aggregating them using to, you know your your connected devices as well as you know all of those models combined and you know it's obviously not not all open source when it comes to the big players yeah. um but uh, you know, some combination of that is likely behind it, which also could make it wrong sometimes. So not necessarily always an adversary per se, although I wouldn't exactly say that, you know, the, the corporations were, you know, removing some of our privacy rights are necessarily unadversarial, but... <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on... Uh... <laughs> what side you fall on there, but yeah, there's there's definitely some privacy constraints just through legitimate legitimate companies that we do business with as well. That we, w we wouldn't list them as an adversary per se, but when you think about how they use your, our data, it's like hmm, maybe maybe it is maybe this is an adversarial relationship I'm in. I mean, that adversarial is it, it, it's a spectrum, you know, it's it's non non binary. <laughs> it just depends on the context. It's true. That is true. So when we think about artificial intelligence, machine learning, and AppSec, and, and how these two things kind of relate, what are the uses of artificial intelligence? Starting, let's start with there. With you know, what do you see as kind of the ways artificial intelligence could be used in the field of AppSec? For example, how a pen tester has to you know get into the minds of a non-ethical hacker. And do the same, you know, similar processes and try to put themselves in, in those shoes. Um, so kind of, you know, again, first of all, you know, trying to imagine and, you know, put into threat modeling, for example. And I'm sure, Robert, you can speak more on this. Um, um, but try to, you know, get that kind of insight into the threat model, but also in terms of what the adversary might be doing. But also try to generate your own models first. So kind of, um, you know, who can get there first? Let's try to get there first. Similar to, you know, the idea of, you know, of offensive security. You know, creating models to just generally do that and then, you know, apply some, some game theory, for example, 
generative ad- adversarial networks um, where you it's essentially generation of opponents and trying you know and trying to kind of beat each other out at a zero-sum game um, but try to apply similar models on our side as well to you know to get there first and I imagine on the defensive side might be on the radar at some point to really be able to automate that more and more and in various ways and scale it out to various frameworks and architectures. So when we think about artificial intelligence from the pen testing perspective, is it, is it the case where we'll eventually get software, we'll create software that's better at finding vulnerabilities as a result of the fact that the software itself can apply some type of autonomous decision-making and data collection process and, and develop new mechanisms? Or is that, it almost seems like science fiction-y to me, like this is a movie, it's, you know, <laughs> like a movie where there's a large robot coming back from the future to try and extinguish humanity or something, but uh, I think that movie's already been made. But what, I mean, so, so like what, what kind of, what do you see as the, the kind of use case for this? Is it, is it the pen tester being able to just have smarter software? Um, so I guess all sides of the development team um, have having smarter software. Uh, one should hope, um, and also I guess bringing in data science and maybe maybe you know th- there's future for specific you know type of appsec training specifically for the data scientists whose job it is to essentially scale everything out and create these models and try to make sure that everyone's on the same page of that similarly and maybe a little bit separately from the rest of the development team um, where, where the security trainer comes in. Or um, Yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of that side as well and, and you know, the, the human element side, there might also be new opportunities and, and, and new needs seen for that. But, yeah... So in terms of the, the, the methodologies itself, trying to make them, you know, count for more more future threats and also, also on the defensive side and the scaling side, um, trying to, you know, maybe new opportunities for external tools and vendors, et cetera. So then does machine learning, do, does that make for something different? As far as you know, are there other different potential use cases for machine learning in AppSec? I mean, a lot of machine learning te- techniques, in terms of just you know automating processes, are essentially uh, machine learning. But it just in terms of how much is scaling out, I can't speak for any other AppSec team and what you know what they do necessarily. But um, yeah, just I guess continuing to scale it out using you know from various angles. Well, I, I think about, um, you know, some ways I've seen it used just in industry, uh, how, you know, we talked about, I think you talked about advertising or marketing and and how they figure out our buying patterns. And so some of the most interesting articles I've read in, in security in relation to machine learning is just gathering all that data about attacks 
and trying to understand how they actually work and then how do you find the patterns and then how do you look for the patterns uh, in new attacks and, and try to determine what's an attack and what's not. And, and so I think that's really, really interesting. I mean, certainly one of the things I've found, and, and as though you can talk about this, is uh, I think that we are here where we are because of the fact we have better machines, faster processing. We have tons and tons and tons of data now uh, <laughs> that we have to wade through, but we have machines that can do it and memory and resources and so on. And so that's how we are here. Uh, and I think it'll get better. But also, um, we're just going to see it happen more and more. We're going to be using it more and more. I don't think there's hardly an industry that it's not touching now. And certainly, I think we can benefit from that in security with some of the things that we were I just mentioned there about finding attacks and, and trying to uh, get ahead of the game, if you will. Oh, definitely. And, and yeah, making sense of specific um, p- potential attacks and, you know, the specific modeling and the specific, um, yeah, I mean, all, all of the details and then um, trying to make them more more and more specific and then more and more kind of different ways to play with the components within those models, definitely. Yeah, and so you mentioned kind of, I guess, a different perspective than I was even thinking about when we first started the conversation, I was thinking about AI and machine learning kind of from the perspective of how does the AppSec team use, you know, how how could you potentially use these technologies to do AppSec better or make AppSec easier? And you actually made reference to the fact that data sciences teams need AppSec to be built in. So almost the other side of the coin from what I'm thinking about, and that is just the importance of AppSec best practices and all the things of OWASP being boiled into these new artificial intelligence, machine learning products and things that are being done in different industries that need for that solid set of best practices to make sure that when we have self-driving cars, we can have some amount of assurance that they are in fact not remote control vehicles. They are you know, they, 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 they have solid security architecture that's gone into them. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And make, make sure that, you know, at each, I guess, phase of the, the automated processes that, um, you know, your proper controls are, are, are taken at each of them and trying to, you know, track, um, throughout the entire training of the models, um, and all of that, and you know, also for various, you know, services that, you know, implement them within different organizations. Zoe, where uh, where could folks find you if they want to kind of continue this conversation about AI, machine learning, AppSec, OWASP, WIA, Women in AppSec? Where's the best place for them to find you and uh, continue the conversation? Um, I suggest starting with Twitter. So it's Z Braderman, Z B R A I T E R M A N. And yeah, so on Twitter, I reference Chair of OASPUIA, but I also go by um, security and uh, human and machine intelligence strategists because I, be- I really believe in, in, in the, the human ele- element and the collaboration behind 
um, all of this as we continue to progress. So, yes, so Zbraderman on Twitter. I just thought of one other thing I'm curious about. Are there any kind of references or resources, things that you kind of have as go-to resources for AI and ML that you'd point out, want to kind of draw attention to for our audience? I follow a combination of, you know, academic references and open source references and, you know, uh, I guess colleagues, you know, doing various uh, applications of ML in industry as well um and also being able looking at different frameworks um that are out there and you know getting into the specifics about what types of data they use and what types of models and you know the applications and trying to see really i guess dig deeper uh you know into into the underlying uh components that could be used for various parts of appsec so uh, I guess any last words for our audience about uh, this topic? Be very, very conscious as a user and uh, just, you know, keep learning in, you know, within the community and everything on the professional side. And yes, be secure. It's even more important now. (laughs) That is definitely true. Well, Zoe, thank you for taking the time to uh, speak with us today. And uh, we look forward to continuing the conversation on Twitter and wherever the conversation goes. So hope to catch you uh, soon at an OWASP event, maybe even OWASP in Washington, D.C. And so once again, thanks for being here. Definitely. And thank you both. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. Our intro music is 8-Bit Kung Fu by Born and TJ, and our outro music is Southern Delight by Stefan Kartenberg. You'll find the show on Twitter at AppSec Podcast or on the web at www.securityjourney.com slash application security podcast. You can also find Chris on Twitter at EdgeRoute and Robert at Robert Hurlbut. Remember, security is a journey, not a destination.